Oye, bienvenidos. Welcome to Bye Bye Belta. Uh, are you a little sad that this is the first time you're going to say that for a while, at least, at least confirmed, maybe ever, but... I know. I, I yeah. am a little sad. If 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 the fans reach out to us and say they would like us to review more shows, I will still say, oye, bienvenidos, yeah. you know, but it is uh, it is sad. It's a sad it's an end. It's an end of a contract era. But be, but knowing <laughs> knowing that the uh, there is a reincarnation on the way that well, there is both a movie and uh, another series on the way it it. I would, I have a hard time with the end of shows. I've never seen the end of 30 rock because, mm. uh, the end of Battlestar Galactica fucked me up so bad. I just don't deal with that kind of abandonment very well anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, to come back to that for a second, I do want to talk about great endings before we talk about this great ending, this great, amazing episode. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's actually been confirmed, confirmed. It's, it's a lot of, I, cause I did some more digging today. Uh, mm. I think it's widely, it's widely speculated that there's more coming. But and the showrunner has implied, but I was trying to find that original thing that I sent you, and I don't think it's confirmed. I think it's just heavily implied, which to jump into the episode for a second, there has to be something coming or else they would not have done the Laconia Planet storyline. Yeah, they have like, a yeah, they, they started a... they've started the net the last three books basically in the series, like with yeah. that storyline, and then to just leave it with uh, I got gods to kill. Uh, you know, uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that guy uh yeah. hate him with my whole heart. well he's clear uh, he clearly he's going to be the new villain he's clearly the next villain yes but um but yeah so uh so i don't want to i want to say it is is very likely but it, like from my i spent a couple hours like looking at articles and everything everything was speculative nothing was hard line confirmed well uh, unless you, you can know, pull it up real quick uh, but i was not able to find it i'm gonna go with it and here's why <laughs> if you look at all their, if you look at the social media of mm -hmm. the actors and uh, the show itself, there isn't a lot of like, this is the end vibes. Right. You know what I mean? There isn't a lot of like, I was just so grateful to work with you. And like, yeah. like there isn't, there, it's more celebratory than it is like sad, sad. And, um, you know, actors maybe don't like, I don't know. They, they're usually pretty like sad, sad, sad when something is over, you know? Right. And I mean, again, I think it's, it's, it's most likely definitely going to be the case, but I just want to give us that legal out. I don't want a fan to be like, you guys said it was coming back and we're like, sorry, sorry. We got caught up in the hype. We were, we were we, uh, wish fulfilling, I guess. Vision yeah. We're, we're trying to manifest it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and we've manifested a lot for this season. I, this one was really fun to write the notes on because it, it was such a clear three act structure. It felt oh, yeah. like, even though something that's 45 minutes is typically five acts and I guess I could break it down into five acts, but I really felt like it had a clear beginning, middle and end. All the episodes for sure have clear beginning, middle and ends, but this one was so like cut and dry, like from mm -hmm. a writer's perspective, you have pre-war, actual war, post-war, like it's just like boom, 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 right. boom. Um, and, and it's like, it, it was such a, I mean, you texted me last night, this episode is so good yes. and it is, it's so good. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah. We can get into, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, this is Madalena Martin. Welcome to Bye Bye Delta. <gasps> Man, um, I'm so sorry. That's okay. We just jumped right in. You didn't even say your name. You just oh, said, I'm Anna, Val I'm Anna Valenzuela. And we're both like 
really big Expanse fans. We are. As you may have noticed from this six episode podcast that we've done to correspond <laughs> with the six episodes of possibly the final season, but hopefully not. Of Yeah, don't firefly sci-fi. us. Don't so, firefly uh, us. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I yeah. and I know that you're a Battlestar Galactica stan and I and I and mm-hmm. I like that. And it's, yeah. it's a good show. Okay, we all. I've, I've, I've not seen all of it. So I am going to go and start to watch. It. That's what I'm going to do. That's my post Expanse view is I'm going to start that. And so I this, oh. this opinion may change, but I doubt it because from what I've seen of Battlestar Galactica, a lot of talking, just a lot of blah, 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 a lot, Our, a lot of speeches, a lot of speeches. Well, and, you know what? You know, I love a speech, but also, yeah, okay. I mean, are <laughs> okay. we going to recap that? Have you no, started no, no, no. it yet? I haven't started yet. And oh, I think we may, have missed, we may have missed the window <laughs> unless we're going to, unless it happens to be like the 20th anniversary or something like we can cash in on that. Cause you know, we're making so much money from this podcast. We got to really think about the marketing goals. Yeah. Just get together and talk about things that we like. Uh, But here's my point is that I was thinking about this is the expanse is my favorite property in sci-fi outside of saga, which hopefully they never make into anything other than a comic book. And that has also been uh, Brian K. Vaughn's statement is he will never sell it. It will never become anything more than a graphic novel, which is perfect. So for television film purposes, The Expanse, that's my number one, right? But I was thinking about the Fire, Firefly universe. It's like, oh, but if they if they would have gotten six seasons, may, oh, maybe, I don't know. It would have been, it would have been uh, tough. It would have been a hard the, call. The glory days of Josh Whedon, like when yeah. we were still okay. Yeah. <laughs> before, yeah. before all our heroes fell. Um, before, before we had to have Will Wheaton walk us through the difficult uh adult uh separation of art from artist. I don't know if you saw his response to a fan who was talking about how much the Buffy verse meant to them, but now they can't. And he wrote this beautiful thing about if that property be- you know means a lot to you on an emotional level, it now belongs to you in a way that it never belonged to the creator. Yeah. And think which also comes back to kind of like what we were kind of talking mm-hmm. about pre pre-roll about our comedy careers and stuff. And mm-hmm. so um, I am interested, but I do think if we're going to talk about great endings, man. Uh, I tweeted this last night, season three of the expanse, the, that final episode, because they thought they were canceled. They going into it, they season three, they thought the show was done, done, done that episode. And that final scene of Miller and Holden on the beach with all the rings open in the sky above them, this infinite possibility mm-hmm. is to me, the greatest ending to a science fiction series ever. Last night's episode, ooh, very close second. Very close second. Oh, my God. It's so, it was so good. It, it was so very good. It is very good. It was, I will say both of those are very good endings. Again, I cannot wait till you give Battlestar a full watch because mm-hmm. the end of Battlestar is just, you're going to ugly cry. You're going to cry like you're in therapy talking about the first time your parents hit you with a belt. It is so okay. fucking gnarly emotionally but like in a beautiful way but like also yeah. so gnarly um it's like putting it's like putting the family pet down gnarly it's like it's just like yeah. um however i agree okay. the endings in both of those are it, it, it's honestly has a lot to do with the direction like the the yes. direction and the art style the opening of the rings it is so visually perfect and it and it aids the writing in so many ways and and it's uh Yes, both were were really beautiful. The montage game in this episode, hot. Yes, hot yeah, montage. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was speaking of direction. It was int- interesting. I feel like this is the only episode we've seen which was just vignette after vignette. There were so many fade to black moments of yes. like we're going to give you a pause before we start this next thing. You know, which I guess in theory 
is is this on some regular like TV service somewhere outside of North America where they have to put in commercials? Because it felt like commercial breaks without commercials, but it also was so perfectly placed hmm. that it also felt like little perfect, like we're going to put a comma here. Here's a pause to think about what just happened. Here's the next little slice of the story or the next thing that's happening elsewhere in the story. I mean, it happened a lot in this episode. It was um, it was plot structure breaks. That was yes. like the clear definitive, like we're moving on to the next beat in the plot structure. Um, and again, it, I think it has to do with the really strong writing in that episode because they understood the assignment, which is we're wrapping up something. Yeah. Um, and we can't go down. We can't go down Game of Thrones style. Um, uh, speaking of the assignment, should we jump into doing walking through this episode? Because uh, we're yeah. already kind of talking about the end, end, end of it. Because emotionally, end, that's end. where we are. That's where we are. We're we still are. at the end of that episode. Oh, because my abandonment issues are so inflamed right now. <laughs> um, dead parents all the way. Just like um, the yes. Let's start okay. with the cold open. I wrote this one instead of from ship to ship. I wrote this honestly from like a like a writer's like plot perspective. Oh, I went with a three act structure instead of a five act structure for uh, any writing nerds out there. Uh, sure. A show that length is typically five acts, um, but I think it broke up really nicely into three. Um, and so yeah, so Laconia, we're getting there. Uh, Laconia, we are clearly like what started with you and I just being like the fuck is going on with this little girl like why is this a thing we now understand what it is they're setting up the next phase yeah. of the mm -hmm. overall story of the expansiverse yeah. mm -hmm. um because it is clearly we finally get to see through her eyes jumping forward a little bit i think where we see like her looking or her brother looking at her yeah and it's full-on proto vision proto molecule vision right which we already knew that he had it right huh. the ship above the planet it's come alive. It's sparkling and blue proto, you know, like lights yeah. are twinkling. Yeah. Uh, Martian uh, arms dealer guy has a heart on the size of Laconia. Uh, he's so excited. He's like, oh, the ET is throwing back. I can't wait yeah. to fight them. I don't know. He wants to fight them. He wants to use that technology for more military uh, gains, probably. Um, cause his, let's be, let's be honest, like his career as a motivational speaker, uh, motivational, excuse me, his career as a motivational speaker to grieving children, not going to go very far. Yeah, probably. Tony Robbins. He is not, uh, yeah. he is. Yeah. And it took me a while. I have to apologize if you're listening to this and you just screamed when we were talking about that guy last time, I didn't realize he's the Martian arms dealer. Yeah. He's, that Bobby was working with. Yeah, he's a secret. Right. He's a secret big bad. And now he's going to be the future big bad. And um, he uh, yeah, he he sucks. And <laughs> he just sucks so hard. I hate him so much. Um, I love that. Like the little girl's like, I brought my brother back to life. And then she brings him home to her parents. and Her parents are like, kill it with fire. Like they're so disturbed. Rightfully so that child is haunted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be one thing if like he came back looking fairly normal, but like completely black eyes and like uh, black spider veins all over his skin oh. and just like the yeah, like that's clearly not our child. Yeah, uh, like, whoa, what are you? I think they actually were like, what is this? What are you? And he's like, I'm your son. And they're like, get this closet. And uh, yeah, it was very, uh, it was very funny. I love that the utility closets that we have outside the Rubbermaid utility closets that we have outside of our trailer, uh, they're also in space. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it's a durable, uh, durable substance. Why wouldn't they use it in space? Exactly. Exactly. You can keep all of your cleaning supplies for your dead children goo. Uh, very fucking weird. And then she 
she totally switch. She is such a little. She's gonna. She's gonna get grounded. She. Yes. Yeah. If something the, more horrible doesn't happen to her before that, yeah. But it's a great foreshadowing for something that's gonna happen later in the episode with Marco. But she basically mm. she does a switcheroo in her family, and right. um, and then you get that man, you know, talking into the sky. You know, oh, I'm sorry, I have to. I have to go fight a god. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. what a what a cunt. I hate him already. Uh <laughs> so much. And uh so yeah, so that was Laconia. I mean, it gave us, yeah, the minute I saw that, I was like, there's no way this series is over. There's yeah. so much more to explore. And they left it open-ended, kind of like what they did with the with they've been through they've been through this before. This isn't their first rodeo. They yeah. know how to renegotiate a contract. They might yeah. end up on HBO Max or something. We don't know. Yeah, I, it is interesting to see where it's going to go to. Do you think they're just continually stepping up? They went from sci-fi to Amazon Prime, and then they're going to go to HBO Max. Do you think that like it's become such a uh, hot property because it's critically and fan-wise, like the you know if you look at this on Rotten Tomatoes, like it's got one of the best ratings. I don't know yeah. what kind of numbers they're doing, but clearly the fan base not only saved the show but they stuck with the show because that's happened in the past where people have saved a show and then quickly abandoned it. To to be fair, yeah. usually that's because the show immediately started. Sucking. You know, sucking. Yeah. 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 The, you know, again, the source content is so well written. The, uh, I don't think they're going to hop. I would hope they don't hop networks um, because the, the Amazon does this well. They do the boys, they do the wheel of time, which I haven't watched yet, but uh, that might be a thing we could watch because I, mm-hmm. I haven't watched that one. And I know we haven't watched Foundation. Um, uh, the, for the amount of budget, and you really could see the limits of the the effects budget in this mm-hmm. episode. You could actually see them hit the wall of what they could accomplish mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. It was just like you could you could tell that like a little more just a, just a touch more polish, you know, like right. So you could see that like uh, they they really they really you know went all out this season, and um, they might be renegotiating for more money to create the product. Uh, either with Amazon or another network, in which case Mazel, you know, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a hot industry talk. Oh my gosh, hot riffs. <laughs> we also have no insider knowledge. This no. is just us uh, speculating, but allegedly. Uh, yes. But it is it is really fun because when we get into act one, we like hit the ground running with like exactly what, oh, you want to talk about Game of Thrones, Battle of the Bastards. That's a really good, like, you know what you're getting in this episode. We're getting a battle. This is right. the battle. We're getting the battle, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so we start out with just like a bunch of planning, right? Yeah. Just like a bunch yeah. of planning. Go ahead. But that's where it, that's where it needs to go because it would also, we start to see the shift in dynamics. And because for episodes after episode in the season, we've seen the UNN and uh, Mars butting heads over how to handle this, right? Like they're not agreeing. Like that's been a oh. running theme as just like the, the not sexy part of trying to do it a trilateral offense like this. Yeah. And so it is great. And we get into there. Um, I know that you, you have your notes here, the community can't help, you know, uh, throwing a little shade at how many ships the enters have lost. Uh, it's like, this is the state of your massive army. We yeah. did this to you. The fuck? Like she, and I love it. I would definitely, that is very much my, that is very much my speed. Uh, that is, <laughs> that is something I would totally do. I love looking at, uh, I've, I've dated a highly educated, but I love looking at them doing something stupid in the past and being like, so you got a PhD in science, right? <laughs> I love that. I'm like, it is, she can't help herself. And I, I respect yeah. you. 
<laughs> no, and it's good. And so then we, and also it kind of reveals a little bit too of like the the propaganda aspect of the show of force that every uh, military does. Yep. It's sometimes just smoke and mirrors. Sometimes it's just the propaganda itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so Holden and Bobby break down the, the big plan about uh, here's what's going to happen. You know, first they talk about they're going to go meet them at these three different points to try to cut off the free navy before they can get to the ring. Because if they get to the ring, it's fucking over because of the railgun mm-hmm. situation, right? Yeah. And so. Um, then Holden reveals their plan of throwing a bunch of container ships at the ring. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like, the ring is mad, but we're also going to like, they, they, you know, cause later on in the episode, which works, it's a ploy that works, but they almost like awaken this universe killing force just to try to get rid of Marco. That's See, the- that was like the biggest leap in the episode for me. I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. This is like the crossing of the streams times a million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, well, but anyway, I, mean, I don't want to, I'm going to jump ahead. We can get to that part. We can get to that part. Yeah, we'll we get to that have, part. Yeah. We still have, we still have a, a strategy, which uh, in, consists of like, look, let's throw a bunch of mass at the ring. We know the ring is mad at shit coming through it. So we're going to throw a thousand shipping containers at it, uh, which, you know, we'll have our, our troops inside of it. But as we mm-hmm. see when that assault takes place, they jettison out of it, out of their shipping containers. So the shipping containers are going into the mm-hmm angry butthole of the ring like the unlubed irritated butthole. yeah yeah there's not the the ring was entered without consent uh it was in no lube it was it was rough but in this conversation there's a couple of lines i really lived for um yeah. there's the interaction between holden and uh and kamina where she says it's a because because a lot of what uh christian Vazala does in this episode is um I don't know what you would call it in a video game. I'm not like a video game person, but she basically gives a lot of mission guidelines. Okay. She does a lot of like, here's the mission, right? Mm-hmm. And so she points out like the stakes of the of the episode. So she's like, we can't have Marco controlling the ring because by the way, whatever they do to the ring to get rid of Marco is going to be not even a, a fifth as bad as what Marco's going to do to the ring anyway with this arms dealer guy. Right. They know he's up to some shit. They're just not yeah. sure what it is. And um, and so and they just don't want him to control the lives of that many people. It's just too risky. He's a psychopath. They can't right. you can't. He, this man should not be left alone to babysit the universe. That's insane. You can't leave him alone. He can't be unattended. He needs a court a court monitor like he's a mess. And so um. So she, uh, as Camino, <laughs> I, I tried to stifle my laughing because you're still going, but yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I please laugh. Idea. I love the idea that the the space court steps in and uh, Marco loses custody of the ring. Like I'm sorry, he loses. Yeah, you're a bad, you're a bad, you're a bad uh, influence. You're a bad parent. Uh, you yes. don't even get week. You don't even get weekends with the ring. You just all contact. You can't. <laughs> You have to meet at this Burger King with a with your, you know, your social services, Mm -hmm. uh, your CPS officer. And yeah, this is this is what's happening. And so he uh, so Kamina's like, this is a plan that would make a belter proud. And it's so funny. It's so the way that Stephen Strait plays Holden around Kamina always cracks me up because he's his most beta around Kamina because he knows no one could be more fucking no one has a bigger dick than Kamina in the room ever. Yeah. Like she's got that she. She had to rebuild her spine. Like she's yeah. a bad bitch. Like yeah. you know, like she bought she built an exoskeleton to fight her own people. Like she's a bad bitch and he owes her everything. So like mm-hmm. so uh he's just his most beta self and and he kind of mumbles like 
Thank you. You know, and, and it's great because if you saw the x-ray from last episode, it also shows that he truly is the, um, ambassador of the inners to, to the belters. Like he gets them, um, because he was a religious minority on earth. And, Mm um, and then you have, uh, my other favorite line, you're such a fucking optimist. It's a miracle you've lived this long. Yes. Second episode in a row where Chrissy just dunks on Holden to his face. Oh, like the yeah. last episode, like how you're so fucking naive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're so fucking naive. Like she's just like, she's so over his like Pollyanna <laughs> bullshit. Cause she, she has to think of, she is thinking three steps ahead. She's right. thinking we're either going to lose and this is no longer going to be a problem and I'll be dead anyway, or we're going to win and I'm going to have to deal with this power shift with the belt. And they have a deeply unstable, unified, not even like a full government. They don't they don't have one point of contact. It's a real Taliban ISIL ISIS situation happening there. Not to say like that, not to say that everyone in the belt is nefarious and and not to say that everybody in the Middle East is nefarious, but it is a real clusterfuck because there are so many factions. Right. So she's just like, fuck me. Um, <laughs> and just goes after Holden. And I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we go to the Pella. Let's go to that Pella. Um, yeah. So we see Philip is uh, Philip is now uh, no longer grounded. He's out of timeout. Uh, he's so back he on the upper decks to make some speeches. Decks, make some speeches or listen to he, this one. He listens to a lot of speeches. He's a, a mm-hmm. lot of speech listening done by Philip, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because of his uh, icy blonde stepmom. You know, she uh, and she, lets him, she lets him know that she's the one who got him back up there. Um, and uh, you know, uh, we're still seeing again, like I said, one of the themes of the season has been the battle for Philip's soul. Um, yes. Who's you know uh, who's going to sway him? What kind of man is he going to ultimately become? And so uh, we see a lot of this play out, obviously, in this episode, particularly his final scene. Uh, But it's almost uh, like he's a metaphor for the entirety of the belt. Yes. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's okay. We can have those things. I love it. We've also said the same thing about uh, Naomi as well. Yeah. So that's just that's like that's you know it, it man poor Philip always getting his parents shit shoved down his like shoved down his shoulders. Huh? That and like, generational. It is a fun storyline about like generational trauma, like mm-hmm, generational mm-hmm. trauma, hot button thing uh, in the uh, the zeitgeist. But like generational trauma for sure, he's carrying on the like the bullshit his parents both put out. It's it's a very Gen Z versus Gen X situation. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. a very yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so we find out from the icy blonde talking to Marco, though, uh, you know, where she's like, why are you not more like fucked up by how much we're getting our ass kicked <laughs> in this? This was a bad like this was a loss. Like we we took a hit like this is bad. Like the roles are sort of reversed. Right. Mm-hmm. Where we saw him kind of being like a crybaby and mad at his people for losing the one skirmish. She's kind of in the mix, like, hey, uh, like, we need to fucking think about this because this is not going great, you know? Yeah. And then that's where he drops the surprise that he has the Laconian guns, right? And she finds out, mm-hmm. like, oh, he's got something up his sleeve. We didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's like a really f- great early moment in the episode that lets us know it's not going to be as straightforward as we thought it was, right? Yeah. Because um, particularly even after uh, we get to see some very sneaky uh, guerrilla warfare style shit, right? Yes. Um, 
Two, there is this thing that he just drops in a line of dialogue and we don't have anything else. We don't see him talking to the Martian warlord uh, arms dealer guy on Laconia. We don't see any of that shit. It's just like, oh, there's a little line of dialogue. I wonder what that means. <laughs> Ooh, foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we, we, ooh. and, and I, oh, we're about to get something crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so then we jump back to the Rossi uh, and we have another like little uh, fan service for uh, the character of Alex, which I'm done. You're throwing your hands up. I am I'm, it's, I'm done. Yeah. I, I can't hear me. Hear me. Hear me. People. I can't. No more. No more. I get he's a beloved character. We can't we can't carry this. We can't sit Shiva for Alex forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, too. It just felt like it, it it was natural for them to do it earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but they just kept like dropping it a little bit here and there. Like, oh, Alex used to listen to the song. It's like a little, it's just been a little too much with the way that that actor left the show. If that had not been the case, then maybe, maybe Alex could become the kid on Deadwood who gets killed. That changes the entire emotional arc of the, the series. Yeah. Like if you've not seen Deadwood, there's a little kid that gets killed and it really changes every character. Wow. Like they all are wrestling with like, the brutality of the of where they're living and stuff like this, this fairly innocent child uh, gets murdered and mm -hmm. it changes everyone in the series. But we, we have too much knowledge. We have too much knowledge of why that actor is not in the show. And so it felt weird. It felt. Yeah. And I feel like they also were hanging it. Uh, this is going to jump ahead, ahead a little sec, a little far, uh, a little bit. I don't know why I can't talk. I'm still sick, by the way. I should also say that. So uh, if I don't make any sense, let's blame it on the flu, baby. Um, oh, so no, you didn't get the. It's not the. I don't, I don't have COVID. I tested negative, but I have some kind of flu crud thing. Oh, um, so I, still, I still had to cancel my shows, but that's fine because now I'm able to do this with you, and that's fine. Oh my god! All right. um, it's okay. I uh, I feel like they put this in here a because it's the final episode, right? They feel like they had to, but also <laughs> jump to the end. Not a single major character dies in this series finale quote-unquote series finale which really if you think about it in modern television somebody's got to die you got to have some sort of emotional pull black widow's got to sacrifice herself someone has to for prestige television someone that you a beloved character has to go and they did not do this they teased it a couple of times that that's what was going to happen but you're right i thought we were going to lose peaches I, we thought, I thought we we're going to lose peaches. They mm -hmm. thought it looked like Bobby was going to sacrifice herself. It looked like then maybe Bobby and Amos are sacrificing themselves. Oh. Right. <clears throat> There's the teaser where it seems like uh, Kamina is going to we're jumping ahead. But this is an important point I want to make. Kamina is going to like suicide, drive her ship into yeah. Marco's ship. But then the sexiest man in the universe does it first. Right. He beats yeah. her to it. Yeah. Um, and so it, there's a lot of things where they think <clears throat> you think, oh, this is it. And so. Yeah. They're, the writers, I think, are hanging everything on this. Remember how great Alex was? Oh, it sucks. He's not still here. They're trying to give us that moment in the show. Yeah, they did. Some, they did something yeah. that happens in anime a lot is there aren't there weren't enough consequences yes, um, yeah. in anime. Uh, it is very rare. Uh, I just watched something called Akame Got Kill. And you can watch it on Netflix. And they fucking uh, spoiler alert. They kill a main, 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 main character in the last two episodes and i was like what i guess that wasn't the protagonist what's happening like it was yeah. so crazy and so uh it is very rare to uh to see in anime um consequences uh right. there's a, a consequence deficit mm. and that's a problem with that genre um right so yeah i guess i guess we got a little um 
a little Star Trekky in this. Yeah, got, not enough consequences. A little, a little, yeah, not enough consequences. I mean, yeah. again, like if you think about, and this is jumping genres, but I mean, think about the emotional gut punch that was in Breaking Bad when his brother-in-law Hank gets killed. Yeah, and I've then, actually and then Bar- never seen that show. Can you believe it? Spoiler alert: His brother okay. is killed. Uh, they do some really amazing writing devices with that show that yeah. are great. Um, I could, I but I also uh, whew, there's a lot to critique about that show. But there's a there's a brother-in-law character, Heisenberg's yeah. brother-in-law, um, played by a delightful character actor whose name I can't remember, but he's yeah. amazing in it. He's a DEA DEA agent. He's in it for several seasons before he gets murdered, pretty brutally. And then buried in a container in the middle of the desert and then unmarked. So he'll never be found either. Yeah. And it's it's a like a fucking, it's a hard like, oh, that was one of the only redeeming characters in this entire show. Right, right. And we just right. don't have that. We don't, we didn't lose anyone. Everything's just like boop, 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 do. Everything's like this happy ending. And I liked the happy ending. I did. I liked the fact at the end that the family's all there. Everything is good. We know that Peaches has uh, like uh, some uh, some issue, like she's only got five years to go because of her uh, rage uh, pill addiction uh, from using it. But it just again, it, it felt like it robbed it of a little bit of weight. Like at no point in this did I want to cry in this episode, which is weird for a show I love this much for the final episode. Right, right, right. And it's very, um, it, honestly, it was like um, in the last, and I know that they're highly inspired by The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um in the last season of the wire, you lose Bodhi mm-hmm. and you lose, um, you, you lose a fucking, uh, Omar, yeah. you lose Omar and you lose them with like zero fanfare. It just right. happens. And, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I suspect as we march toward the end of the series, we're going to lose more people. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously this is not an end. This is a middle. Yes. Um, and so, but yeah, I agree. It was, yeah, we were missing some consequences, um, definitely. But there is some interesting stuff about that. So first off, number one, I want Bobby to I want to be I want somebody someday to look at me the way Bobby looks at bullets. Mm-hmm. This she looks at but like she looks at bull, like, you know, what? like I like I want I, I want to love you like a fat man loves cake. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she's damn like. Yeah. Like she, wow. Um, just that's the, a good that's a good meme challenge for the listeners. Make a meme of Bobby looking at her bullets. Just like <laughs> uh, says, find you, find you a find you a person that looks at you like Bobby looks. <laughs> I I should make that meme. Uh, yeah. It is that's all I want. Um, and uh, and and then we get into like peaches. We find out. Uh, we have two things. Number one, um, Naomi just sort of like decides uh, we got to make up she's over she's over whatever kind of weirdness she was having uh and uh naomi and amos have a conversation about the thanks boss so it's so mm-hmm. funny she's like she she's watching him now mentor somebody else out of their trauma which is kind mm-hmm. of beautiful she was in her like marco trauma when she met amos and then she you know helped amos and now he's it's a very 12 steppy he's now helping another person who right. needs a redemption um and then that's actually where we find out uh that uh, we find out a couple of things. Number one, um, she has, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, it's, it's something like something collapse. It was like nervous system collapse. I just called it a uh, uh, MS, like, okay. like, like steroid MS, basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, like okay. her. There. Yeah. 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 So, or mod MS. Um, mm. And uh, yeah. So again, I, I, I didn't think she was going to make it through the episode because she's already like, you know, she only got five years anyway. 
uh, unless they're going to save her for the future and fill her full of protomolecule and then she can live mm. with her sister forever. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah. And then Peaches gets to make dinner. She because okay. she's like and then we have a really this is what I wrote for this. OK. Holden and Naomi look like grandparents watching their son Amos <laughs> and his wife and child enjoying dinner. Uh and she says that like, oh, she's trying to wash the blood off her hands. By the way, I don't know who's the child or the wife in that interaction. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is Bobby the child? Is Bobby the angry, nope. like the, the college age child who's back? Uh, no, no I, I actually, actually, I need to rephrase that. I think Bobby's the husband. <laughs> and uh-huh. Amos might be the wife. I don't know. I don't know the dynamic. It's definitely one ship situation um but it's uh yeah and uh and naomi kind of talks about how like she wanted to have she was rejecting peaches because you know but she also wanted to have her son go through this redemption you know Mm -hmm. so uh so yeah and i did notice when they sat down to eat they were in a really funny configuration so it was just like hot goons to the left and like tiny ship folk to the right so uh Wait, we'll i don't s- think that's i don't think that's right were you watching this mirrored because i'm almost certain that amos was sitting on the way that we're watching it if you're looking at the table amos is sitting on the right side of the table in between bobby and Peaches, i was just right? assuming it was like stage left or whatever uh, okay right. all right I'm okay so, yeah. i'm so sorry you're right uh yeah, okay but, sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah no it's fine and then um yeah 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 and so a, a line I love from this scene. I just, cause, okay. So Amos tells peaches, I'm going to go down in the suicide mission. And she's like, you can't, you can't do that. The ship needs a mechanic. And he's like, the ship has a mechanic. We know that she, like her asshole's falling out. Like she's dying. And so like, <laughs> I, I'm glad that you paused the screen when she's on the meta doc and really enlarged it. So you could see that part of the diagnosis. Cause if you just look at the scene, <laughs> you miss the asshole falling out part of the meta doc <laughs> diagnosis. But yeah. I, you know, this you're pro. You know, you had this podcast today. You freeze framed, and you yes. got in there. You found out what are what are all the symptoms? Yes, what are all the symptoms of this? Uh, her whole asshole's falling out, <laughs> and uh, so she's she has a she has a prolapse to everything, and um, so she uh, she's not feeling well, uh, and so he doesn't know that though. But I do love this line. I just prefer to look the guy who's going to punch my ticket straight in the fucking eye. Yeah, it's a very oh. Amos line. We've not had a lot of great Amos lines this yeah. season. Uh, we got a bunch we of them so, this episode. Yeah, we got so many of them. The first two of the comeback seasons, season four, season five, we had a lot of like yeah. Amos being a badass. Uh, so it's good to kind of like, there was a lot of that, a lot of like sort of resetting characters in this episode, kind of a return to home, as we saw in like the X-ray too, like the, the Remember the Can't episode, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like before, uh, uh, because, you know, we have Naomi and Holden in this very beautiful place by the end of the episode, even like by the beginning of the episode, like Naomi's resolved, like, yep, I'm going to off my son, but like, this is my family. This is the family, the family, the one ship idea, right? This is the family. And so we really have a lot of people coming back to their origins in a way. Cause also like Bobby back to just being military badass, looking at those bullets, like me and more. I can't wait to, I can't wait to, get you hot and run you through me. <laughs> yeah. Like if she had just like licked them, I would have been fine. Like she is, ah, uh, she's so great. She's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was really stepping into the roles that they prefer finally. Cause yeah. I was thinking, I was like, man, it's just nice to see Bobby out of that pants suit. She really <laughs> hated it. You could tell she hated it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, yeah they, she would. They, they did stick her in some real Star Trek looking polyester. I, I don't know why yeah. that was her role as Chrissy's advisor is. Yeah. Um, Secret service, basically. Yeah, Woman yeah. in black. Yeah. Woman in black. Yeah. Yeah. I would have sure. liked a skinny tie on her. I think that would have been a hot look. And like, if she would have gone all, all like gender bendery. Like, yeah, yeah. that would have been good. Yeah. 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 Full um Janelle Monet slash mm-hmm. ska concert situation. You yep. know, like, I think yep. it would have been great. Yep. Uh, act two. Let's get into it. Uh, act two, yes. You want to uh, take this one? Sure. I'll start us off. So uh, act two starts with Chrissy. She's uh, meditating uh, and she also just like letting the girls breathe. I don't know if you notice that with part of her meditation is to have it unzipped down a little bit, you know, because she gets the news alert. She's like, oh, it's time to go to work. Zip. It's just like, <laughs> and good for I- you. It would have like been the more space realistic. Version, space version of her, like having a bra off. She's like, I was God damn it! I got to, I got to go to work. Let me put this bra. On. Listen, Hollywood. We need more scenes of women taking off their bra for twenty five minutes and then just putting <laughs> it back on. Just like, all right, got to get the girls back in the game. Uh, yeah, she just zips. She just skips. She manifests it. Like she was just like, yeah. they're gonna find this evil man, and then she just like zip. And she's like, all right, going to go to war. And uh, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, uh, we see that uh, Kamina puts on her captain pants. And, the, and so everybody's everybody's suiting up, essentially, getting ready for uh, war, right? Yes. Um, uh, you say, the most interesting man in the subway system does a classic video game mission recap. Oh, yep. right. This because is the first. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Because he's going back over what they talked about in the very first uh, scene yes. when they're making yeah. plans, mm-hmm. which is like he's mad that they don't get to go after uh, Marco that he knows at this point, that they're just going after this big dumb freighter. Right. They're just trying to hurt like the free Navy, yeah. like take this freighter out. It's someone else's job to go after Marco. Um, and so. Here's the thing that I was a little confused about it. Um, so we have this random ensign who's t- chatting up Chrissy, right? Like uh, she's at the command station. And first of all, why did she not just like get the fuck out of my fucking face? Shut the fuck up. You know, like she's trying to like be, she's a way more sensitive and polite to like shutting this fucking dude down. And congratulations to that actor for getting um, his SAG over five uh, and his his uh, he basically his all of his benefits have been renewed for the next year. He's doing great. 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 Uh, Congratulations. Uh, Get your dental insurance on BB. But yes, I agree. I was like, whose man's is this? Well, here's the thing. It's 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 crazy is that. Like, we also don't find out how, like, we under, I understand that we, we soon find out that the Pella is disguised as the freighter with all this. Like, again, what I love about this universe, it's just like they literally just attach a bunch of other shit to the outside of their ship. They change, we know for a fact that in this universe, they can change drive signatures by running dirty, right? All this kind of stuff. Um, so the fact that they do it that way, but how did, like, how did the UNN's information be so off? Because it's not only the fact that they have the wrong ship pegged as the Pella. Right. So they have some other ship in another yeah. group that's running the drive cha- tra- uh, signature of the Pella. But also like what the percentage of like hits are going to be is way off. Like the, the like it starts like, oh, we're going to launch and it's going to be like 87 percent or whatever. And then when they actually do launch all the missiles and everything, it's like, oh, that you just see the number drop like 17 percent. Like there's a change. So is there an inside person at the UNN working Ooh. for the belt that's feeding their computers wrong information? Because I felt like that could have been a possibility with old fucking nervous blabbermouth. And 
So I guess you're a you're a uh, you're a Marco War truther is what's yes. happening. Yeah, you're a truther because I, yeah, I don't an, know. It I, was an inside job. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think that militaries are way more disorganized than we think they are. And I okay. think that's what they were trying to kind of represent. So you think just bad intel, just that they got think, bad intel. Yeah, I think they just got fed some bad intel or there was just like a satellite image that they got too confident about. And obviously it was a it was a Trojan horse. It was a mm-hmm. literal Trojan horse is what happened. So uh, they go to it. They go to launch this attack and it goes fucking foobar real quick. Like, yeah. It they start to like the outer hull, it, and this is something the Rossi did way back. The mm-hmm. outer hull, remember when they just like hot glued extra yeah. ship parts to the Rossi to, look, to camouflage yeah, it? Yeah, just to look like a, a cargo ship. Yeah, yeah, and, and, they, so and the, they do this again in this episode by flying in the sort of the shadow of yes. the ice freighter. They do the exact yeah. same thing that yeah. Marco's doing. And, and so Marco, yeah, Marco hides himself and um, and then it comes apart. And then you see that actually Kamina is going up against the fucking Pella mm-hmm. and um, it is uh, it does not go well, but they start to kind of put it together kind of last second. So I, I honestly I don't think it was an inside job. I think it just demonstrates again. It goes back to the beginning of the episode of Kamina going is this really the state of the great inner forces? Holy mm-hmm. shit. You guys are a mess. Yeah. Um, Cause they've, they've lost a lot of officers. They've lost a lot of intelligence gathering and, uh, tools, you know, like they've lost satellites. They've lost, they've lost outposts. They've lost, you know, a lot of their, a lot of their main, their main squeezes in that situation. Um, yeah. I mean, so. you can, I mean, yeah, sure. If you want to believe the official like state sanctioned story of what happened in that battle, that's fine. And I'm just saying that there's some documentaries that I may or may not have, you know, produced on YouTube. and, and yeah. written on YouTube. That on I need YouTube. You to, yeah, I, I need you to look up floating change and uh, zero zero gravity change. I'm just saying that uh, proto molecule can't melt steel beams. All I right. was just, I was like, I was like, this ship fuel melts steel beams. Uh, yes, uh, I think yeah, it's it's a. I I just love that like they immediately just end up in such a trap, like because yeah. the minute they launch. There's a couple of things that's really interesting. So um, a lot of times in uh, Star Trek and Battlestar in um, previous properties, uh, just sci-fi properties across the board, when they go to war, that first initial launch of the torpedo is really the like, they're like, oh, you know what I mean? Even down to like Independence Day, it's like, it's like engage or whatever, you know, like just getting in there. um, And it actually, I thought it was really fun because instead of focusing literally they're like torpedoes have launched and she's like "Uh uh-huh and she's just watching the torpedoes go across so it wasn't an emphasis on Chrissy's command but I'd also like that she talked about um and I I wrote about this there the the ensign conversation for me hit different because I've read the books Mm -hmm. well not all of them but some of them so the ensign as he's like I would much rather have you in the rear guard She's like, no, I can't be on the rear guard. And that's because in the second book, she gets edged out of power and almost killed a couple of times due mostly to data lag. So she she is supposed to be communicating with people out in the solar system. She's stuck on Earth. And then eventually is she she it bothers that character to no end and almost gets her and her family killed. So she really wants to be on the front line. So I think that that is dealing with something that hadn't been addressed since you see it a little bit in the second and third season, 
but it hadn't been addressed. It hadn't been a, a, a plot point that was con- conflict, like such constant conflict for her in the show. Right. It's, it's mentioned a little bit here and there, yeah. but it's not such a key issue that she switched uh, to Verizon, you know, and I yeah. think that's. <laughs> yeah, she had to she had to switch. She had to get off that T-Mobile, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she had to respect herself and stop going with Sprint. Yeah. Uh, and, All right. Yeah. So she uh, so so I think that that was like a book thing that had to had to be rectified. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great line in that. This is the story of our species uh, line when she was talking mm-hmm. about too little too late. Right. Um, mm-hmm, global warming. Am I right? Um, so, yeah, it's a trap. It's a yep. trap. I was yelling that whole time. It's a trap. It's a trap. You know it's going to be a trap, but it's a very satisfying trap. And uh, and like it's uh, I, yeah, Kamina figures it out just after Chrissy figures it out. But, but then again, you get to see a little bit of that demonstrated time lag. Right. She still because the communication just takes just a little bit longer in space and they explain it very well in the books. She's getting the information off to Kamina, but there's just not enough time right. so i mean Kamina's, it's acting in real time it's yeah. like discovering that this, yeah so there's not yeah. enough for, time for that to benefit her um and then like we said uh uh the m- most interesting man in the universe steps up beautiful way for that character to go out i hope uh. that there is some like i if we're going to talk spinoffs that's my number one character to get his own spinoff i want a prequel with that dude just you know intimidating people sexually uh yes. you know yes uh, other men let me clarify other men <laughs> perhaps a perhaps a porn spinoff or maybe his own version of cheers yeah sure who do you see him in as as cheers is he sam Sam malone Malone. okay yeah Yeah, well he sees himself that way he might be coach but he sees himself that way for sure (laughs) kamina's clearly sam malone actually (laughs) so uh but yeah so we do get this we get this idea that it, it is a trap we then jump over to the rossi on their mission which is uh flying in the shadow of the uh of the the, the ice carrier vice yes. shipment um yes. and then you had made note of, again of some great lines here of like no yeah. one dies with a full bladder that was that was i was like this is my favorite line of the episode the second <laughs> i heard it i was like no one dies with a full bladder i was like god damn like that was again they wrote that and then everybody just like high-fived like yeah. everybody at the writer's room was just like yeah we did it uh no one dies with a full bladder uh, the discussion of good hunting versus good luck. I'm going to start saying that to comedians. I'm going to say good hunting. That's I feel like that's. I think you should. I think that's. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good hunting is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They. Uh, they're entering. So I. I, I want to talk about the strategy for a second because they're entering the ring. Uh, the the ring is inflamed already. This is this is using. You know what it is? Is they're using an Irish spring fully on the vagina when you should be using if you use anything at all you should be using acetophil or a dub sensitive skin you know mm-hmm. they're going too hard to the paint you know i again i hate how you're always just trying to jam in our sponsors like this and what? i feel like there's a more there's a more subtle yeah. way we can do uh, this i also loved as the drop is happening so this actually this strategy comes up a bunch in sci-fi i've seen it recently so there's an anime called 86 where they just like drop a bunch of characters and then like half of them die and then uh this happens almost every battle there's uh this happens in attack on titan season four final season get with it ladies and gentlemen Ooh, we're wrapping up but in several battles they turn a bunch of people into titans and then just drop them on a city and most of them get marked on the way down and then of course you've got uh 
you've got uh let me see here um old man's war this happens a lot in old man's war they send a lot of the green super soldiers down that way um so yeah this isn't i think it reminded me a little bit of i think season three or season four of discovery when she's in that little pod and ends up like crashing Mm -hmm. on that strange like uh where they find tignataro basically um so yeah, there is, but they're going through the numbers game of like the acceptable loss of humans in war. And of course, right. this is like World War II. This is para, you yeah. know, parachuting into uh, this, this is, is some, this is Normandy. This is Normandy. This is, yeah. yeah, this is the storming of the beaches of Normandy. It's yeah. like we and they think 20% is a pretty good uh number, right? Um, I did want to say somebody out there on the Twitterverse, very uh thankfully, uh Seth Ingram. Uh, from uh, Twitter did screen grab the names of everyone who's like uh, where they show like these little life uh, lines of who's in the drop team. And it is jam packed full of sci-fi references. Uh, Let's start with the, so you see Bobby Draper first, right? Right. Team Alpha directly below her is, uh, and it's just like last name comma first initial. So right Uh below her is is Akbar comma G. It's the drop. Yeah. Uh, below that is Quaid comma D, which I, at first I was like Dennis Quaid, but I was like, oh, I think that's from uh, that's from uh, Get Your Ass to Mars. Like, yes, his, Get his, Your Ass. Yes. His name Quaid. Is Quaid. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, an Idaho, which I don't know who that would Duncan be. Idaho. Duncan Idaho. Duncan from Idaho from June. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, there's a Jay Nesmith. Nesmith. OK, oh, that sounded okay. familiar to me. Then in Bravo team, we basically have the entire Space Marine uh, crew from Aliens. We've got, we've got Ripley. We've got Hicks. We've got Vasquez. We've got uh, Garrity. My girl. Um, we also have in that same group of Bravo, we've got Deckard, comma, R. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, jumping over to Charlie. There's some other ones here probably that I don't right, know who they are. But in Charlie, there's an S. Connor. So we've got a Sarah Connor. Right. We've also got Rico over in Charlie squad from Aliens. Um, and then my favorite, there's two. The last two that you can see in uh, Charlie squad is W. Riker. So oh! Will Riker is in there. What and an then, homage to the genre. Know, Send exactly. this to me. Oh, my God. I'm uh, obsessed. Yeah. And then R. Stone. So it's good that they put Roger Stone in there, too. That's nice that they put a little <laughs> shout out to Roger Stone. He's you the know. 20%. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy to death. Yeah. Uh, but I'm yeah. sending it to you now. Uh, but it's, oh. a great, it's a great, great little piece of what we want uh, to, like you said, paying honor and legacy to yeah. this great genre that's been around now since Metropolitan, that film in like what, 1920 or whatever, the birth yeah. of sci-fi and film. Uh, so fantastic. Uh, kudos all the way around to the to the crew. If you listen to Ty and that guy, they are, they are fans. They are students of the genre. They love every single, they've probably done an episode on every single movie or character mentioned there and how it has influenced the expanse. And so, uh, yeah, it's just because what do sci-fi nerds love more than anything? It's referencing something in the genre. Like more sci-fi. Yeah. When, yeah. When, when Bill Adama calls, when Bill Adama calls a Cylon a skin job, I remember almost falling off the fucking couch. I literally like everybody, like there were three people in my house and we all went ah! and like, just like fell yeah. like O2 OG, like just fucking lost our shit. So uh, yeah, we love we, and that's the way to be self-referential without being like, you see this a lot in the Marvel verse where it's like a lot of, it's more member berries than it is. Um, 
Well, they do. They do a lot of planting in that as well. Like if you really are a super hardcore Marvel comic book nerd, there's random like side characters that they meet or you see someone's name on the screen. You're like, holy shit, that's the alias of so-and-so. Yeah. You know, and so uh, so there is they also do a lot of member berries as well. Uh, Here's the thing, though. I've never really aside from X-Men, the first one, I haven't really watched any of the Marvelverse movies. So that's another idea if we were to keep this going to go through all the Marvelverse movies. I I literally have no fucking clue. I will correct you immediately and let you know that the first X-Men movie is not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that's okay. That's the kind of things that we could learn. I don't fucking know anything. It was was on, it's Fox. Fox owns X-Men. And so they're only now possibly going to bring the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. X-Men are Marvel characters from the comic books, but before comic book movies became hot shit, they were piecemeal. They're random. That's why Spider-Man, it was such a big deal to get Spider-Man in the MCU is because he was also owned by Sony because they're like, okay, we'll buy Spider-Man. Fox is like, we'll buy the X-Men. It's Man, like with that whole world, all these things. with that whole world, you need like red string and like, yes. yeah, you need like a whole anyway. Um, yeah, let's get I, back to this world. Let's yeah, get back the, to this much yeah. more linear mm-hmm. world. Uh, yeah. Do you want to take us through the next part, the assault itself? Okay, so the assault itself. So, uh, so I love... Um, yeah. So Amos falling. Uh, okay, wait, here we go. So a uh, couple of lines. Uh, he's like, this is like a game of Russian roulette. And Bobby goes, is that like a casino game? Like the way she says casino is insane. Um, and uh, and he's like, yeah, pretty much. And uh, then they go through the ring without consent and the ring. She's inflamed. She's not yeah. loving it. Uh, she's having a full breakout. Uh, so you can kind of tell that the physics of part of the drop is the ring is a little bit fighting them in addition mm-hmm. to the Medina station fighting them, which is also aggravating the ring. Right. Amos uh, holds a uh, Oh, okay. So the reactor goes, the reactor goes wonky in the Mm -hmm. middle of this. Uh, Peaches has to run down to fix it. Um, uh, Can I put a pen in this for a second? This is something I've thought about for the show for a long time. Is like, why isn't the mechanic, why isn't their jump seat just closer to the things that they always have to fix? It is always have to. It is like, why are they just kind of sitting back there in the engine room? Because, like, on a naval ship, you know, if you're looking at like a, a, you know, the uh, the mechanics, the people that run the steam engine or the nuclear uh, generator or whatever, they're not chilling up at the fucking command deck. They're down where their shit is. So if something does go wrong, it's like, oh, I got these fixed right there. So that is like one like little gappy thing here. It's like, why, why is, is Amos and Peach is not just already down there? In the first, or at least closer. In the first two seasons, they are strapped down there. Yeah, yeah. And what you find, I think they got into a little bit of, you remember when, the enterprise would be like having a nice like fucking like especially on next generation when the enterprise would be having a battle and mm-hmm. then they would like cut to the engine room right Jordy LaForge would like beam in and be like we're losing thrusters and they right. would be like they'd be they would cut to the engine room and they'd be running around and there'd be like sparks and then a red shirt would just like get murked by yeah. electricity and so like I think that that's their version of that is now you've got the like also again it reminds me of video games now you have a side mission with your character to fix the thing so your character is now going so i think this is like a little bit the effects of the way video games have affected the genre because now you have like a mission to get down there and fix the thing um i i will say amos shooting through space and that yeah i just started laughing that's what I imagine, like, 
first off, I'm like watching the ring space. And I think like, that's definitely what my brain looks like when the ADD is like fully firing, like, like just like a lot of chaos. And then my Adderall just like sifting through the chaos to get down to my brain, just like, come on, like breaking the the blood brain barrier, just being like, let's slow this bitch down. And it really cracked me up. Uh, I was just like, there needs to be a thousand memes of like, this is, you know, this is the Adderall reaching Anna's brain or like, this is, you know, whatever, like, you know, when the beat drops, like whatever it was, it was very silly. Um, and I, and I lived cause he was very uncomfortable and I just imagine him doing the green screen again. This is like, you could tell it was like green screen, Avi, but like, he oh, was like, they actually shot that out in space. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, so you could just imagine him just like, Wah! like he looked <laughs> like he was, it looked like, um, like video from being on a roller coaster. Right, like when yeah. you're at, uh, when you're at splash mountain at Disneyland, like when you yeah. go down, like, it's just like, Wah! like it was very funny. I yeah. lived, I loved yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I, we do want to see the behind the scenes where he's just sitting on a kitchen chair going, Wah! Wah! <laughs> And he's just like, and everything is green around him. Oh my God. So fun. Um, very, very fun. Uh, uh, can we get this ride at universal studios? I'm going to say universal studios because in universal studios, Singapore, they have a Battlestar Galactica roller coaster and I rode it and it was amazing. I'm just saying this is a perfect ride, like a drop ride. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, like, uh, tower of terror guardians of the galaxy ride. Like, I feel like I, uh, yeah, I feel like if you want to be in a uh, cargo container that gets dropped suddenly, I think you need to go more to like the county fair. I feel like they've got a ride that simulates that danger, that yeah. uh, terror. Of it's just called free- the zipper. Remember free- that one? <laughs> free falling and uh, surrounded by rusty, sharp metal. I think that's more where you need to go for that. But that's just my two cents on it. So. Yeah. So, OK, so they immediately hit they immediately hit Medina Station and their mission. Again, there's a mission recap. So they get down there and they're like, this is what we have to do. And um, because you have Bobby trying to contact the other teams, which you never see any of these other actors, they're only spoken of, which is so right. funny. There's three teams. You never see them. And uh, so it, it goes like this. It, she gets down there. They're pinned down. And then an aerial assault starts to happen uh, mm-hmm. from well, this and this is a very Ender's Game thing where they're very like, this is a 3D battle. The difference between a battle in a uh, terrestrial battle and this is you have to literally think of all the angles. And right. so they're pinned down in a very terrestrial way, but then they're starting to get like the high ground is always your advantage, right? So mm-hmm. they're coming in from the, the high ground and they're just fucking wrecking these teams. They call up to the Rossi and Rossi is like, yo, there's nothing we can do. Uh, because if we try to guide in a torpedo, it could kill you. Um, the goal is, by the way, and they, again, they keep reiterating mission statement at the beginning of scenes. The goal is to capture the guns. They need to yeah. capture the guns. So when Marco tries to enter the ring, they can kill him. Yeah. It's the easiest kill. Right. But they're in a situation where in order to capture the guns, shit's, shit's bad. Yeah. So yeah. Bobby and Amos, uh, just decide to Thelma and Louise it. Uh, they are hunkered down. Uh, they're like, fuck it. We got to get this done. And this is where right. Bobby, again, never forget that this bitch fought, uh, she fought a protomolecule monster and survived. She was right. the sole survivor on Ganymede. Okay. This, she is bad. She is a bad bitch. And so she just yeah. like, 
She looks at Amos and, and, and Amos is like, all right, here's what we'll do. We'll go out together. Yeah. She's gone. She's gone. She's like, yeah. fuck you. You're cover fire <clears throat> because he is such a like he has a <clears throat> hero. And this is mentioned earlier with Peaches. He has hero vibes. Mm-hmm. But like she's the hero, really? She, yeah. This is like well, what she does for like, a living. Yeah, it's like it's not talking about it, it's just going into it. It's just matter of factly. Mm-hmm. Whereas and for him, it's like a an honor code thing. And I yeah. don't think honor plays a big role into it, which we we've seen, you know, in like their dialogue earlier when we talk about what you fight for as a lifelong soldier. Yeah. And her thing is just like, what's the objective? And you just take care of the objective as efficiently and quickly as possible. Right. And so, yeah. So we get her like uh, just flung herself through space. She's floating towards, uh, you know, the destination. Uh, and then, uh, you know, getting uh, shot the whole way, Braveheart, shot the, whole way. <laughs> uh, the good, the good, the good Wonder Woman movie, you know, like like she's she's just like running headlong into bullets. Right. And yeah. she's just she she does a really interesting thing where she hunkers down and you realize like, oh, she's relying on her armor. She's getting her footing. And then she has like little RPGs, like yeah. cute little baby torpedoes. And then they go. Yeah. Yes. And, and then, she takes out the gun. She takes out the real gun, which is not just, the objective, but not the, the objective. objective had to be changed. You know, yeah, she yeah. had to they had to update it because they're getting fucked, you know, and yeah. uh, they <clears throat> effectively she realizes at that point they're not going to take it. <clears throat> so the best thing to do is to blow it up. Right. And that's something we've seen in military operations over and over and over again. Right. If yeah. you can't hold the bridge, you destroy the bridge. You Fuck know, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Martians do this early on um, with the Doniger. Like mm-hmm, the Donnie, yeah. like they they're just like, well, we're going to lose fucking nuke the core, bitch. Like we're yeah. doing it. And um, I favorite line of that. Fuck it. I'd rather get shot in the front than in the back. My dad always used to say, never turn your back on the LAPD because you want to see who shoots you. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah. That's ooh, fun. yeah. Fun thing to grow up with. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that is uh, uh, that that's very much. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, again, yeah. Amos one liners crushing it anyway. Yep. So Amos jumps out to give her cover and literally covers her like because her armor's getting shoot up. So he like just goes and physically covers her with his body. Right. He gets to have uh, his valor moment gets to have mm-hmm. his valor moment. Um, and then uh, they're about to get murked a big time. And then here comes the Rossi because Railgun's gone. So now uh, they come out and uh, again, superior air support wins the day every time. And they're the only ship there. Like they just taken up this fucking rail gun. They took out in the initial approach out, took out the guns on Medina station. They took out like the uh, satellite array or whatever. Hmm. So it, Medina can't fire at shit, can't do anything. Hmm. Um, and so they just, uh, they come in, they save the good guys again. This is a moment where it feels like we're going to get some emotional gut punches, but nope, everybody's fine. And so- yeah, yeah, you get fuck yeah, Rossi, which is yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like if a beer pong table just like came out of nowhere, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that tracks. Um, Also, I have a question. Where were these if there were no other ships in the in the ring? Where were those people floating down from other parts of the station or did they just Medina station or like from the from the I think they were jumping down from Medina station. I think think they were doing the sort of like free fall assault that we saw Kamina and her crew do onto the the supply uh, Katamari uh, uh, Omicron. Katamari, Uh, see, yeah, yeah. Omicron thing. so yeah. I think that's what it is. Uh, we then jump to a uh, the, the little bit of bad news, a little bit of bad news for Marco. So Marco's oh. ship got fucked up when he got ran into by the world's sexiest man who, for his final act, intimidates him. 
He does intimidate. I think he like he just like I want to see the sexiest man in the uh, the most interesting man in the universe. He literally I want to see like the the uh, the extra footage where he's actually at the front of his ship with his pelvis out. So he's just rumming. He just just runs. Yeah, I imagine everybody, they were like, we're doing a suicide run and then everybody on the crew stood up and dropped their pants. Yeah, That's what I imagine. They all just dropped their pants and they said, let's fuck him for real. And then he kills the icy blonde. He truly does. He does intimidate. He intimidates us all sexually. Mr. Take Your Girl uh, life in this uh, particular instance. But yeah, so she gets uh, she gets murked. And then uh, this is where Philip finally makes his decision. Because he goes to talk to his dad about this. He tries oh, to save her. God's to kill. This is the, so oh, he's sorry, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so he's on, so he's on uh, a video chat. He's FaceTiming uh, somehow with Laconia. He's FaceTiming yeah. with Laconia. And dude is saying the following. Again, this is funny because there's no communication lag literally into another dimension uh, yeah. somehow. But he's like, yeah, sorry, man. Can't help you with the the war the proxy war i started so i can fuck with the with the ring uh anyway uh uh bye uh i have gods to go kill and he does do the oya dang beltalata which is great uh but yeah that guy fucking sucks i hate him so much and this also answers the question too of like how did marco get a fucking railgun on the ring well now we know this dude yeah this is how yeah. he partnered up with this guy and they did it on the sly without yeah. anybody seeing it because it's coming through the other side of the ring, like so the materials of everything. We know that Marco knows he's fucked. Right. In that moment. Yeah. No one else in his world does. And then right. Philip just like kicks open the door and it's like, dad, stepmom's dead. Stepmom's dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And so Marco does what he does, which is he gives a speech. And But what I like about it is I really wish that he had not ever turned them. I, he slowly gets the crew spirits back up, but he's going around. He's doing the speech. Am I jumping gonna, ahead? You want to pause? We're going to have a, oh yeah, we're going to have a little. Okay. So I do want to pause a little bit on the, uh, the Marco uh, Philip talk here. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause Philip gets so close to calling Marco out on series. And uh, this is a really big scene. And I think Jossie Chase Owens really shows up in this scene. And I also think that like, also Keon Alexander shows up, but like he, he's showing, he, he's showing that he knows he lost Philip, but he's a psychopath. So he's expendable. Everybody's expendable to him. Right. And And, and there's that speech too. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Between the two of them where he's explaining that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Where he's like, well, it could have been you and it could have been me. And like, why aren't you more self-centered? And, um, and then Marco goes, in my opinion, with this speech so he leaves this conversation because he knows again philip is the metaphor for the belt so he could lose his own men's valor at this moment he needs Mm -hmm. to walk out because he's the temperature meter he needs to walk out and rally the troops and he goes out and goes full fucking jim jones and you tell me what you think of the scene because i i actually i have some issues with the cinematography on this i want to yell about Okay. Um, well, I, first of all, I like that at first, none of the belters are buying his shit. He's trying to give the same old speech again. They He's just trying to so rally beaten. them. Yeah. They look so beaten down. I mean, they did just, you know, get uh, a ship run into them and a bunch of them died. And that makes sense. Uh, and so um, 
I really, I, the fact that he actually does win them over, I guess, speaks to the power of Marco's character. And, and, mm-hmm. and at that point, you might as well be in on it. But I feel like not everybody does. There's still like, it's not just Philip who leaves. Some of them start chanting the, and uh, yeah. And so it was not my favorite scene. And it felt, I feel like it maybe would have been more realistic if he had, uh, gone full tyrant mode rather than try to be inspirational leader in that mode if he was just like if he would have been if he would have done what philip did in the break room where Mm -hmm. speeches are not allowed uh of just like you remember who you are we're you know we're broken but this is like this is we're all in it like you can't give up now that to me i think would have been more natural but it also speaks to marco's character that really he is just a snake oil salesman at the end of the day good strategist he came up with some smart plays obviously like the trojan horse play and some other things that he's done over the course of the series but his strength is that he is uh he's a talker he can inspire yeah. as icy blonde stepmom always tried to remind him of so it makes sense to me that he goes back into that i'm interested in what your problem is with the cinematography okay so i so here's the thing so first off i see that character is again more of a jim jones charlie manson um mm. uh marshall applewhite i see him as a cult leader i don't really mm. see him as uh, a nefarious dictator, even though that is, I don't think you can have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like, but I do see him far more as more of like a, a like a, definitely a cult leader. And um, so I saw this as like Jim Jones. I don't know if you've listened to any podcasts about <laughs> Jim Jones, but uh, there are some audio recordings or or even, um, even uh, uh, what you call that, like, of the Jonestown massacre, there's audio recordings of his like speeches to them uh, before the massacre happens about sacrifice. And that's really what that reminded me of. Um, I, uh, okay. So I don't love the tight shots of Marco going from individual belter to individual belter as he ramps up the speech. Mm-hmm. I understand there's, and it felt to me a little community theatery, even though the tight shop itself is the opposite of like, if you were watching community theater, you would get this, uh, you know, basically you'd have the the visual of an ultra wide shot, right? right? I don't think we needed an ultra wide shot. I think maybe how I would have directed it if I were a director is I would have gone uh, Aaron Sorkin circle shot around. I would have done the like, I would have positioned him in the middle of the room and I would have circled him getting some of the reactions Mm. of the belters rather than having him individually walk up. Cause I thought he was a little bit, I thought he was going to start singing. It felt like a musical. It felt like a shot from a musical. I thought he was going to be like, and now we die for the bell. Like I, it felt very, um, Le Miserable. Uh, so I, I'm sorry. That is my one critique of yeah. a really great episode. I was like, uh, this feels weird to me because the actor, because Keanu Alexander is, uh, and the character itself is so heavy handed. Like he's right. got the accent, he's got the eyeliner. He's so like, <laughs> like there's so there's so much magician energy happening with him. And so I think you you do have to be light. You have to be careful how you shoot him. And I would have right. I would have tried it, and I'm sure they tried it a bunch of different ways. And that's what they came on. And I and I'm and I'm and I it was a strong choice. It's not the choice I would have made. And I also am in community college and know fucking nothing so about cinematography. But I would have I just would have I would have chosen differently. I would I would have given it a bigger view. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an interesting take. And it's something that I didn't think, but now that you bring that out, I do like him putting the hands on the shoulders is a, it's very Les Misy. You're right. It is very, very musical vibes or like, it was very, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was something about it. I was like, Ooh, I don't, Ooh, like I, I just, there was something about it. I love, uh, especially because I understand I've watched, we've watched, we both watched so much of this. We've seen the big starships where you can have like a big deck where everybody's talking to each other in the CIC. And I've seen CICs that are very cramped, which you get more of in the expanse battle star, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, firefly. So I, you've seen CICs where like in order to, in order to do, I like in order to rally the troops, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's cramped. I, I don't know. I just something about the design yeah. of that scene weirded me out. Anyway, I will. I will. I do want to just say real quick before we move into Act Three and the big finales and then the way that everything wraps up is that um, for the expanse at its most heavy handed, whether it be like a scene like that yeah. or we talk about how Philip is an allegory for the belt itself. Right. This, this yeah. battle for Philip's soul is about it is the reason I guess I don't ever see that stuff as being particularly heavy handed is that I am uh, still currently watching Star Trek Discovery, which is the most heavy handed show I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I call it, I call it if Star Wars fucked your Star Trek mom, like that is like, it's very, it's very, it's very Star Wars-y. Yeah. The the speech, but the speeches in every single episode, every single episode has this over the top therapy-ish I love yeah. that there's non-binary characters on it. I think it's amazing. I love that yeah. there's like a non-binary couple and there's like, uh, you know, there's, it's great, all that. But so many of just like, it's so, it's so fucking heavy handed. And it's so, it, it makes Next Generation look so nuanced. Like this idea of like hope and positivity. If you, Cause I've watched old reruns yeah. occasionally when they come on and it's like, oh, this is so much more subtle. Then ha- yeah. Discovery is just like, we're gonna be the fucking utopian, idealistic, optimistic, and, and like every speech is just this idea of humanity's, uh, you know, possibility and purpose. And it is so explicit. It's so over the top. Yeah. Um, it's... And so, yeah. So the expanse at, at its heaviest is like, <laughs> it's like a fucking nouveau art film compared, compared to, to discovery right now. You know, I definitely have to catch up on this season of discovery. I do love discovery. And, uh, but I agree that is one of my, I see it as more of a CW version of the genre. You know, oh, it's, it is. Something. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It, and it's it's beautiful. And I love all that. I love the casting. I think it's the casting that really kept me coming back with that show. And um, but yeah, you're right. I'm it I'm coming from a ideas. different yeah. I'm coming from a different perspective, especially knowing like uh, having had a little t- Twitter discourse uh, with uh, James S.A. Corey about the um about the wire the first mm-hmm. five minutes of the wire how beautiful and subtle and amazing it is just so perfect so i know that they are really inspired by prestige television and it is it is a heavy this is a heavy-handed season a lot of speeches a lot of speeches so yeah that was probably the the heaviest hand uh that was the pimp hand of speeches i i think yeah. you're right though yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's like gen z that's you know what it is discovery is gen z star trek uh, it's it yeah yeah I don't like yeah it's I don't want to continue on this thread of it but it is so many great ideas so many amazing beautiful science fiction ideas in discovery particularly early on in the first couple of seasons yeah but man uh Jesus Christ it's just 
<laughs> just like so and they also do the thing of two of like the savior aspect which is like michael burnham is the only person who could do anything on the entire show everything has to come back to michael burnham's character like she's the, literally the only person who can fucking solve any problem whatsoever and it's just like that she gets old after a couple of seasons it's like you have this whole other crew like can somebody else be the solution sometimes you know like sometimes data solved things sometimes wharf was the guy who got shit done you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's just like anyway okay that's yeah. that's interesting i'm gonna send you uh i wrote a scene for my last writing class where it's basically we had to write a speech and mm -hmm. i did a parody of star trek discovery okay all right and good. it's basically uh what if star trek discovery showed up uh to got because you know they love a time travel they love a mm -hmm. time travel so what if they time travel back to 2019 and accidentally give us all coronavirus? This and is just going to make you stronger. Like, yes, we have to take responsibility for the actions that we've made. And we wrestle with that. We're so, yeah. we're so, we're so yeah. like, oh, we're so genuine. And we're so like, yeah, it's just like, yeah. yeah. But it's, anyway. it's my discovery. So a lot of people just die from laser beams mid speech. Like there's just a lot of like Love it. chaotic Love energy it. in the middle of the speech. And so the Borg, yeah. the Borg returns finally to fucking cap these motherfuckers. All right. Yes. Uh, let's get into act three of the final episode of the expanse. Yes. Uh, season six. So we, jump, we jump back to the Rossi again. And uh, now we're at this weird pause. We've had the first uh, salvo in the war. Now is like the quiet moment. We're waiting for Marco and the rest of the Free Navy to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So Rossi is the only ship. No one else is, uh, can get there in time, which Again. seems weird, which seems very weird that the UNN didn't have some ships on their way. Well, you just fired some some torpedoes at the one group that you thought was Mar you, you've I known for a while, but that's not... <laughs> Yeah, I guess they had to commit all their forces to the first assault, or maybe it was Kamina's group was supposed to come in afterwards, but they all got fucked because they were infantry. Like, I don't know. It it seemed like a again, bad plan to only have the Rossi there in case everything else went wrong, which it did. Yeah, that yeah, it was a real bad plan. And also, again, you get another video game mission command. Mm -hmm. You get yeah. another mission command. So it's Chrissy coming in and being like, sorry, we can't help you. Right. So, uh, so yeah, you get yet again, this runner of this like video game style narrative, um, which a lot of people fucking love. There's like whole genres of anime where it's dungeon crawlers are now like yeah. a thing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, I agree. There was yeah. no other, not even a drone ship. You didn't yeah, even have so something you could like go boop, boop, boop. And like, yeah, you like, got no yeah. backup. Yeah, I mean, it seems odd. It seems odd, and we understand. Again, we know that their forces have been greatly depleted, and 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 you know, and and space is big. And when we see the plan first laid out with all of like the the holographic three D imagery, you know, space is big. So maybe for them to be committed to the first two assaults, right? Yeah. That you know, they're far, far away. They can't get there in time. So there is something there, but it does seem like I think we just need to to have hang this on the idea that they're so depleted in forces there was no additional ships to go with the rossi for this backup plan because they even say that this is the backup plan right they're going to try and stop these three parts of the free navy before they get to the ring so uh -huh. they're not planning on a ba final battle at the ring um so then they're like trying to make plans of like sh should we where can we get to like there's no you know there's no station we can get to should blah, i blah, stay blah. or should i go yes. down and then amos <laughs> amos amos is the shit out of it <laughs> just like do we really want to run yeah like, do you really want to you know and so they all sign up to be on a suicide mission a last stand and then naomi <laughs> is like what if instead 
remember that thing that you know through your visions holden you saw obliterated universes like uh this uh all-powerful white light thing that burned away every single uh, aspect of life in and galaxies what if we just poke that let's poke it with a stick let's Talk about an ugly divorce, you know, when you are willing to literally cause an apocalypse to get rid of your ex. Yeah. I mean, shout out. That's that's beyond <laughs> King. That's beyond King the space shuttle. She went full fucking burn this house down. She went, she went um uh Billy Jean, Legend of Billy Jean. Like she's she's fuck it. Fuck yeah. it. We all we you you ain't gonna kill me. We all gonna die. Like it's it's crazy. Here's the thing that I love about it though, where it's it is a extreme crazy, and we have to give them some. You know, we have to give them some allowances as writers. I think because it's done so beautifully, and it is actually so much more weirdly satisfying that this is how Marcos gets got. Is they outsmart him. They outsmart him. They don't. They don't duke yeah. it out with him. They don't shoot it out. He's, you know, he's considers himself this master tact- tactician, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they just trigger a bomb, a ship blowing up as he's going through the ring, mm-hmm. and he seems to realize what's happening because they originally were like, we need to tell Marco that the ring is getting angry. He seems to know it. Like when yeah, he, he says veer off. And then fucking gets annihilated by the ring. Yeah. So he gets red misted. uh, And I like how long they took with it. They studied on it. And there's a thing too, is like, but is he dead? Or is the red mist just transporting you to some far off part of the galaxy? Oh, I didn't even think about about. it that way. I was so invested in the, the, the montage there, there is a a highly effective montage in this. You get everybody preparing for this, this one moment. And then you get this flash of Naomi with the baby again. We haven't Mm -hmm. seen this flashback in a minute. Uh, You get this flash of what's going through her mind, which is Mm -hmm. Philip. And then you go back to kind of the preparing thing. And then, um, and then you get, so you get, he, turns into red mist, which you're right. He could have just been teleported somewhere else. He could be like an evil dog on a planet. Now yeah. an evil snake dog on a planet. We don't know what's going on or black eyed or whatever. And then, um, and then you've got, although I, I thought back to the physics of the season four or season three, season four standoff going into mm-hmm. the ring where um, Holden basically just runs them into the pylon of the ring. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was thinking of that, but I, I do like that it leaves things open with him. Um, and, and then you get the, like, you basically have music montage and the mm-hmm. only actor who gets a voice in that moment is Naomi screaming over right. losing her son. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. No, I find editing. Was just a- montage was great the baby flashback was super effective i agree yeah um and then uh yeah so then we get to uh we jump forward to the peace uh accords war does not end on the battlefield it ends at the negotiation table yeah 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 so that's a which is a great line and a very realistic line and uh you know so it's good and so then we see a lot of arguing about uh, we also see Kamina like really again step up, and it's been it's been great these last couple episodes as she's come face to face with the Enters to express her rage, to express her generational rage, right? Um, and really starting to let it. Uncork, what if Malcolm right? X got a seat at the table? Yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. like she's very like because because she's pointing out something that's very different, and it, this is speaks to like you know when people talk about like white privilege, mm-hmm. white folks 
I've never, I never heard of that. What is, what's yeah, that? Even, I'm sure you've never heard of it. Uh, so like white folks <laughs> often are like, but you don't understand where there's some of us that are poor and there's some of us from different areas and there's some of us from this and belters see themselves as belters versus inners. That's right. it. They're not like, oh, you're an Italian white person or an Irish white person. They just see belters versus inners and the inners see themselves as two separate entities. And that is the mm-hmm. communication breakdown that's occurring. Right. Yeah. And we have this great line too, where she turns Chrissy words back on herself was like, why is your word more valuable than mine? She was like, I give you my word that the inners will be treated fairly. It's like a beautiful, perfect, mm-hmm. like expose of the hypocrisy or whatever. And then of course they all, you know, talk like, the the slow head turned towards Holden after she's like, what if we had an independent person, blah, 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 blah. And it all just turned so Holden, like everyone just slowly at the table looking at him and him like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to lead anything. Yeah. I um, I felt I robbed so of a happy. season of him trying. I felt robbed of a season of him trying to govern. I wanted to oh. see him be an apartment manager for a shipping depot. <laughs> um. I, I'm so glad that they didn't do that for many reasons, uh, but uh, I loved it. And then the, the the him doing the speech and accepting it, but then immediately as his first act, handing it off to Kamina, it was so brilliant and so well done and very holdeny. You know, Crazy. I'm not saying that that don't you fucking do it. Don't you don't fucking, you fucking, don't you fucking do, it. do it. I'm don't dying you. and you're going to fucking do this bullshit to me. I'm fuck, nobody knows it. But I'm, you. Yeah. Uh, so. I thought it was great. It was a great moment. Um, And it also like, you know, again, he is so fucking naive and he's so fucking optimistic, but that carries the day in this decision in his decision to do this. And then also at a deeper level, he wants to be a captain of Rossi. He doesn't want to be the fucking, he doesn't want to be the manager of a 24 seven storage facility, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he doesn't want to be, this happened with uh, Ender Wigan in the Ender's Game book series. Uh, He doesn't want to be Peter, his brother. He doesn't want to be the hegemon. He wants to be, he wants to be solitary. He doesn't want the weight of the universe resting on his shoulders all the time. Um, he does not want to be, let's get back to Evangelion. He doesn't want to be the dad. He, he, his, he's Shinji getting the fucking robot Shinji. Like he is Shinji and Shinji just wants to be left alone with his trauma, you know? And so that's, that's very much holding. It's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to. So, yeah. So, but I thought it was a great, just shot perfectly, shot really well. And then all the, you know, and then very, it's very wrote it's very cliche but then all the reporters like oh, running up to get a statement from Kamina like one at a time one at a time like that's such a uh a, a stereotype cliche of the big bombshell that's like I am Iron Man you know like that's like the oh and then here comes all the press for the first time we see another reporter besides our girl Monica apparently there are more reporters than just Monica um and uh, I thought that scene was great. And I love that also the shit eating grin that uh, Chrissy puts on as she's shaking his hand, like for yes. the cameras. I'm just like, you motherfucker, like you she, fucking asshole. <laughs> she just eats scenes. She just eats scenes. I love her so much. That shit eating grin is perfect. I yeah. also love that, like, again, we get, she's not had a counterpart on this level. There was that woman that sort of usurped the. You usurp yeah, the became, throne. Became the new president, yeah. They became a new president, but like Kamina is truly her has come into being the equal, and right. so you see that moment too. This is like a baptism for Kamina as power on the international or the not international on the inter interstellar 
stellar stage. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a nice little pin in that. And then you go back to the Rossi. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pins, there's just ah. very cryptic pin exchange. Yeah. I did not remember him having like a weird nope. little devil mask pin on his jumpsuit, but it doesn't surprise me that he does. Again, and our apologize, uh, our apologies to anyone listening to this podcast who has just blitzed through this entire show. Like we have not seen the earlier episodes since they were originally on sci-fi. Like, we could like, have done a rewatch, but we're we we're but touring we comedians. Yes. And and also we we came up with the idea to do this podcast after the first episode. I think it already dropped. And so we were we're playing catch up. And yeah. um so uh I guess he probably has the scary mask pin. Maybe it had something to do with his brother back in Baltimore from season four. I, I will I don't know. If you what we need to do is we need to tweet that guy who got the screen grab of the uh mm. Yeah, and be like, question, what's with that Historian. Yeah. weird pin? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. It was a touching moment for them. It kind of felt like daddy-daughter promise rings. What is their relationship? It's hard to know. One ship, whatever. Everybody's fucking. Um, uh, I don't uh, know why I care. Out, yeah, we find out Bobby's the new pilot, which is a nice, like, little, like, uh, will the circle be unbroken? We have a Martian back at, <laughs> at the helm. She's fucking tapping the brakes and shit. Like, it's so funny. She's like, oh, I wonder if I can fulfill this. I love that she is just a bro troll. I love that. She's just like, ah. Uh, Yeah. And then we find out, big reveal, Philip escaped. Well, before we get to that, we go go to, oh, no, you're right. Philip escape is next. Yeah, we see Philip escape and he's changed his last name to Nagata. Nagata. Hmm. Philip Nagata. He's choosing. He chose his mom. Like, oh, shit, my dad just got canceled big time. I'm going to go. <laughs> he got canceled by weird physics, uh, by yeah. alien herpes. That's what yeah. I always say. I think the rings would just have like they were having a herpes flare up. Um, but then the final scene is Naomi and Holden happy in the bunk together. And we see Naomi truly happy for the first time in a long time. I mean, two, three seasons, seasons. two, least. three seasons. Probably, probably we've not seen her this. We've not seen her. Yeah, I was going to say she was not even this happy when they all reunited on the moon because she had already like given up on trying to say Philip. So it's been a long time since we've seen Naomi this happy. He hasn't smiled since before the ring planet, I think. Yeah. Uh, and no smiles in season five. Uh, no. no smiles in season five. And you know why. So it's uh, it, this is uh, this is nice. It's yeah. nice to see her come full circle. We have this beautiful final shot of the Rossi flying into an infinite sky of stars and it's it's plume. It's it's drive signature just becomes another star, uh, yeah. which is like a very nice. But there's also this question like that. We and again, they don't have to tell us every single thing. It's like, are they going somewhere specific? Why do people not just hang out and float in space? You don't have to be somewhere <laughs> like why are they always traveling just to be tra- <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of traveling just to be traveling like we know that. There, there are no, uh, you know, there's no dilithium crystals in this universe. There's like a yeah. finite fuel source that you're burning. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're burning just, a lot of fuel. They're, they're just cruising around the mall. Just just like constantly just like, we're just seeing what's up, dog. Come on. It's Friday night. We're just cruising up and down the strip, you know, yeah. go, down to, go down to the go down to the McDonald's parking lot, turn around, do another mile and a half down this way. They're in the Montebello, Monrovia. They're playing Los, they're, they're playing uh, uh, Los, Los Bukis. They're out there, <laughs> you know, playing like they're they're listening to like old santana they got their mm-hmm. they got their best uh low rider gear on they're doing the yeah. friday saturday cruise and yeah. uh 
And I think that, yeah, you're right. They should just like tether to something for a while. Yeah. They're boondocking. Yeah, Go boondock. Yeah. yeah. Go boondock first of all. Yeah. Um, but uh, where do we think? Because again, it's not been confirmed, confirmed, but it seems like all signs are pointing towards. Obviously, the Laconia storyline. Uh, I did some Googling. I know that that is a big deal. Uh, and Kara, the, the girl on Laconia with the Pet Cemetery brother, she's a big character in the final three books. And so obviously that's a big thing that they're going with for the future of the series. But what about these established characters? What about the ones we've been through six seasons with? We've got to reset Rossi. We've got the Rossi back to original. Like we're just space cowboys. Maybe we'll fly fucking security. Maybe we'll just be consultants. It's back to Firefly, basically. Yeah. I'm just like, we just take any job we can get, man, whatever. Um, so we've got yeah. that going on. Uh, Chrissy's uh, future is still like a uh, potential, like we don't know. Um, we don't know about Philip. Obviously, his whole world, the whole life is ahead of him now. He's free from his his father's yoke, as much as we like to talk about that in the series. Um, Kamina is now uh, in full on uh, Fred Johnson mode again, right? She's running this very powerful yeah. epicenter uh, that's important to everyone. Yeah. Uh, so what she's do we think? The queen of the say? North. Uh, yeah. Queen of the North. She, uh, she's, she's the queen of all uh, commerce and transport. She's Jeff Bezos. And so. <laughs> Or even uh, there's a, a great book called uh, Empire and Collapse. Uh, it's a John Scalzi book. Uh, and it's very much about trade. It's like what happens if the trade breaks down, um, which is fascinating. Um, yeah, I I think I love this. I cut you off. Is there any more? No, no, it's okay. No, I was just kind of going I, through all the main characters. Yeah. And I think that's just about everybody because we, we again, we know that Martian Dickhead, uh, arms dealer and Laconia, we know that that's clearly something yeah. that's going to be big. But where do we see the pre-existing characters fitting in? I, first off, I think what we're going to get is um, we're going to get with the Laconia story arc. That's going to be its own movie. I think that's going to be the movie uh, or if, you know, depending on if they get another season, it'll be a full season. But um, they're going to deal with that dick bag and then have to deal with like the aftermath of what's happening in this little girl. Um, and so I, I think that's the future of that. Um, I think we're going to get... Uh, uh, similar to, oh, what is the name of the, there's a movie that happens in the middle of Battle Star. Anyway, basically you get, oh, it's amazing. Um, but, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think Holden will continue to be the wettest of blankets. Uh, this we know he will be the soggy, his hit literally his astrological chart is cancer, sun, cancer, moon, cancer, rising, and depression. Uh, he is going to continue to just be the wettest of blankets. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, Naomi is the Pisces man. She is, she's a little lighter, but also a wet blanket, but they'll, they'll have fun. Um, I think we're going to, I think the big question is, is what's going to happen with Philip? I think Philip is going to hide, uh, from his mom for a while. Eventually we'll come together with her I'm not as a writer. Cons I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it'll be an accidental meeting or if he will seek her out, but I think he's going to try to separate from her to save herself mm -hmm. uh, or to save him or to save her. Cause he is a wanton criminal. He right. is, he, he is the Ghislaine Maxwell to his father's Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> he could uh, go down for a lot of crimes. Uh, yeah. He has killed a lot of people. Uh, no matter how repentant he is, he might have to pull a peaches and go hide somewhere, which the Rossi is the best place for him to hide, honestly. But yeah. uh, 
also, I don't think Holden could handle the mass, the strong masculine laying pipe energy that he brings to the table because he mm-hmm. is still Marco's son. He's still yeah. like got some it's, big it's, dick energy. It's, it's been dormant for a while. We've not seen it since he's been on at, at, on port since the series. We've not seen yeah. him fill up laying that pipe. Uh, yeah. Here's I think that I'm going to flip it. I think that the movie because that's what's rumored. It's a standalone movie and then a continuation of the series as a spinoff. This is my prediction. Uh, Laconia story. That's the spinoff. That's not the movie. Then it's gonna and it's gonna be called like the Expanse colon Laconia or whatever. I feel like there's too much already potentially there that you can be done in a two-hour movie. That has to be multiple seasons. They'll probably call it the name of one of the books. Each episode or each season seems to have an episode named after the book that the season captures. I think they'll either call it like Leviathan or whatever. They'll call it something within the series. Yeah. And so, and I think the standalone movie is the Philip story. And I do, I think you're right. I think there is a connection with Naomi, whether or not he has to go save Naomi, right? Mm-hmm. She tried to go save him. Now maybe Naomi and the Rossi get into some shit. Um, and Philip has, finds out about it and he goes to save his mom. I feel like that's more of a contained Ooh. singular story. Um, or the two of them, you know, uh, whatever. I feel like that's its own thing. I feel like yeah. for a movie, you got to have, a tighter arc. And I feel like that's something that could be done in two hours. I do not see the Laconia story getting done in two oh, hours. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah. There's uh, I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see Alex's character fully melded with Bobby because they <laughs> okay. just didn't replace the actor. So that was their yeah. other option. They could just replace. Yeah. The, no, they could have new Bobby's, Alex Cabal. They could have yeah. done a, they could have done a uh, French Fresh Prince, like the mom on Fresh Prince situation just fucking replaced and just not even thought about it. Um, so I think that, I think that we're going to see a Bobby. That's why we have like Bobby with jokes now. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lighter, more smart alecky Bobby. And I it's love, also, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think this that, is the I role I've always movie. wanted. I'm so, je- I'm a little jelly. Like I'm a little yeah. jelly. Like I want, this is what I've if, always wanted. If you want to do our own Be Kind Rewind uh, lo-fi remake of The Expanse, where we're like, you know yeah. that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> oh my God. I am so, oh God. I, uh, yeah, I'm jelly. Uh, but also I, I get it. Um, I, <laughs> I think Amos is going to continue to Amos, uh, uh, definitely whatever the next generation is, whether it's a standalone movie or the series, we're going to lose peaches pretty quickly. I think. Yes, I think I think we lose Peaches and I think we lose Chrissy as well, since we know there's something wrong with her. Oh, uh, I can't. I can't another space mom. I can't. Uh. Look at me. Look at me. Kamina is uh. your mom now. Kamina is your mom. Your mom is Kamina. Are you okay? But what it, she both intimidates me sexually and probably I would. I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I know that all sexuality is uh, yeah. fluid and whatnot, but I would, I mean, if she, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, of course. Look, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad that's, a, that's the beautiful thing about science fiction is it allows uh, you to get to an Oedipus complex that you normally would not have been able to. Thank and God. so with Kamina as your hot new mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Uh, so these are our predictions. Uh, thank you. Anyone who has listened to this podcast, this was a very spur of the moment. It was it's the truest of podcasts and the fact that we met on another podcast on the 12 questions podcast. Yes. We'd, we'd met Which before. The file is corrupted now. And I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I got a, I've got a hard drive problem. So that's actually my second 
thing for today is figure out how to make this hard drive give me your file back. So, but uh, this podcast was not like a oh, this is a thing that we can jump into and try to get listeners. We just genuinely wanted to nerd out with each other about this show that we love, yeah. and hopefully, you, the listeners, have enjoyed the way that we've nerded out as two comedians with filthy mouths and uh, and and wild takes uh, occasionally on what should happen with the show. But uh, I had a great time and uh, I hope that there is more expansive for no other reason than we get to continue on this yes. podcast. That would be Matt, great. you were so fun to collaborate with. And I just uh, I just adore you. And if you have listened, uh, sorry for some of the audio issues. I've learned a lot about editing uh, this season, uh, which is good. Uh, I thought I knew some shit and now I've learned more. Um, and uh, I'm very excited. And just, yeah, if you want, again, if you would like us to watch other things and do this, uh, I would love to. It's been a great exercise, at least for uh, episode mapping. Uh, yeah. it's been, it's been, this is literally something I'm supposed to do in uh community college, low rent film school, uh, is watch things and pull apart the plot. And so this has been fantastic for me and you are so funny and such a delight. And I just adore you. Thank you for putting up with my ADD interrupty ass. You're the best. No, I love it. You're super organized and you give, you give us direction in each episode and you take notes, which is something that I would never do. So you keep us on track and you're a delight <laughs> as well. And you can edit out all this stuff. Oh, <laughs> shut up. We're keeping it. We're keeping in the love. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me again. The easiest way is just to Google my name. It's fairly unique. My name is Matt Alano Martin, Matt with one T and then A-L-A-N-O hyphen M-A-R-T-I-N. I'm all over all the social medias and you'll find all that in the first page of Google. Um, I've recently started posting some jokes to social media that uh, racist trolls do not care for. So uh, that's fun. Uh, you, can, uh, you, you can see my very uh, light lefty pun oriented humor online uh and then i will be at the comedy fort in fort collins colorado uh, recording a new album uh coming up in just a couple of weeks let me get the actual date here uh, it's going to be on thursday the 27th recording a new album at the comedy fort uh, in fort collins colorado and then that friday saturday the 28th and 29th of january i'll be at uh, the denver comedy underground in denver proper uh, i love and I featuring for Randy Lipke, I think, who is a very, very nice, very funny comedian. So that should be a, a nice time. So that's where I am. Anna, where can people find you? You can find me at Anna Via's phone on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Please listen to my other podcast, Well Questions. Uh, I will be actually at the Laugh Factory here in LA on the 26th. Uh, and I should probably send out some avails so I could travel a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, I also am in school. So we'll figure this out. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I guess, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than Oye de Baltalada. Bye-bye, Baltas. Bye-bye, Baltas. Bye-bye. Let us know if you want us to keep doing it. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>